Hello, and welcome to Weary Dads. I'm your host, PJ Weary, with my co-host... Dad, Pete Weary. And Dad, who is our sponsor today? Today's sponsor is the Fitbit Sense. Sense. It is great. It's not as expensive as the Apple Watch, but it keeps track of all the things that you need, your heart rate, your sleep, your steps, and yet... I still need to do a better job with it. But the <laughs> now you know how sense. you're lacking. <laughs> yeah, the Fitbit Sense. It's 3.33 on the Fitbit Sense. Wow. And also, uh, <laughs> Hall's, Hall's Mental... Go ahead. Ricola. Okay. Um, you know, the only reason I know that is because I used to steal those from Grandma in church. And uh, I, Ricola's? Yeah. Those things are nasty. I love those. We just lost them as a sponsor. (laughs) Well, they won't be sponsoring us. Uh, I love them as a kid. Halls, they taste good. Really? Yeah, better. Okay. Just an opinion. Well, today (laughs) we're talking kind of a a second part. We, We talked about the foundations for mentoring, which we really... Process discipleship. Yep. And then we're talking about how do you disciple? Uh, nuts and bolts, day to day. What are, what are things that you have done? You know, we talked about we, we not not focusing too much on programs, but mm. um, and not focusing too much on books, right? Like that's not. Uh, we must worship him in, in spirit and truth. Like it, we have to embody this. We can't just like you know punch out a check sheet. But sometimes the check sheet is a good you know. Uh, way of guiding what we're supposed to be doing, right? Like we're always we're always watching and we're always judging uh, our actions, but uh, it's good to have those reminders. Yeah, so that, what have you found? Yeah, that punch as a good place sheet to start? probably is what we call scripture. Sure. You, you talk about you know um, salvation, baptism, mm. uh, giving, uh, Lord's supper. All those things need to be some ways discussed. Yeah. The funny thing is a lot of young people um, and adults have heard these things while they're in church. So they have the answer for that, but they go, how do I live life? Yeah. Um, There is, and I've used this statement numerous times, there's power and proximity. You cannot, um, you cannot invest in people from afar. So you're going to have to be willing to get involved in their life. For me, um, I would say it's, uh, borderline natural. Um, and what I mean by that, not that I'm a natural discipler, but I try to look for natural situations, things that I have done for me. I remember, you know, I came to Christ when I was 15 and I did, I've joked this. I knew two things, athletics and girls couldn't start a women's ministry. Didn't think that'd be wise. You know, when people laugh when I say that, but the truth was, I, I mean, I really did. I, I, I never even thought of that. I just thought, okay, all, what I really love to do is athletics. And so I went into coaching. I recognized this, that I wanted to give somebody what that which I had. I, I had Christ. Now, I, I was raw and um, needed mentorship um, and discipleship, really. And I think I got some uh, poor, as you and I have talked about, you've mentioned, I didn't always get the best theology. It was uh, salvation. I, I believe a, a truly new Christ. But then there was began this works pattern instead of uh, resting in Christ, my identity in Christ. And that has been a process for me uh, for the last, uh, especially the last 15 to 20 years, I've been much more rooted in Christ, mm. not rooted in what I do. 
From there, though, even when I was finding all those things, I began to just invest in people. Practically, here are some things that I think we need to do. You can't help people unless you know who they are. Mm. You can't. So the number one thing that Jesus did is ask questions. And one of the things people would often say to me is, man, you ask a lot of questions. Mm. Why? I have a guy that I love dearly. He'll say, why, when I ask a question, do you ask a question? And I go, because I need to know where this question you're coming to me with is coming from. What is going on? Yeah. You know, there's no pinpoint. This is the question. Here's the answer. I don't know your heart. What's causing you to feel this way? And so one of the things Jesus did all the time was ask questions. He also used everyday life. Yeah. So, um, yes, we can go through a book study, but what is this person going through right now? Yeah. Where, where, are, their, where, is, where are their eyes? Their eyes are not on Christ or on their family situation or on the death of a loved one or they lost, this is going to sound crazy, but they lost their dog, you know, and they, they're sitting there going. What, that like, came up in the, uh, the men's group this morning. Like a bunch of guys have lost their dog in the last like couple months. And it's just like, and what, what's interesting is that, you know, that it hurts them, you know, um, we have to, you know, act tough. Don't let, you know, yeah, right. but you get close, right? I know like uh, you just recently lost a dog and that yeah. was not, that was not pleasant. No. But here's, you know, it's the other side of it is uh they have kids yes and we and, and we wife. ran into this yeah and a wife but like i mean so it's been two months they had a golden one of the guys had a golden retriever and he still his kids still come out at night crying sometimes saying i miss the dog and that that's that's a real a real thing that's going on that's son a he's, da- he's dead just move on <laughs> that's not empathy yeah. and getting in we had a great marriage retreat and the guy said when someone's in a puddle, don't always try to pull them out. Try to get in the puddle with them. That's where you get empathy and understanding. And think about how Christ had empathy and understanding for people that were going through things, mm. like going to sit with the sinners because they were the outcasts. Mm. He went and, and so he can save that which who, is really, which is lost. Yeah, yeah and, and he went there, and the religious leaders were up in arms, like, yeah. "What are you doing?" And he's like. These are real people with real fears and real needs and real concerns, and you don't care about them. And it's the real they point it. of the and prodigal they, son. They know it. Yep. They know it. And the pro, and I, you know, one of my favorite course of scripture is yeah. 15 now, because the prodigal son story is not written about the son that has gone astray and come back. He said, and to the Pharisees, I said these things, because he's talking about the older son. They had zero empathy. I've done the right thing. I mm. deserve this. Well, every one of us is either the prodigal or the arrogant son, whatever it may be. But the truth is, all of us need somebody to step in our lives, and we cannot do that from afar. And as I said before, and I probably I'll say it over, there's power in proximity, people over programs. And I think we need to, uh, you know, so for me, it's seeing a need and filling a need. On Sunday nights, you know this, I'll be meeting with a couple of young men. I've done that. I don't but that's my strength. That's that's where I, I don't want to even say it's my comfort zone. I think it's my discipleship place. I love to take these young men who have how many questions? Uh, 
Depends thousands. on where they are. Like, like thousands. Yeah, they have thousands of questions, but you, sometimes it takes some listening to get there. Oh, that's the point. Yeah. Takes time. And discipleship, that's why Bonhoeffer called the book the what of discipleship. The, I'm sorry, the book? Oh, the cost. Yes. The cost. And what is the cost? What are some of the costs? Uh, uh, practical. Time. It's effort. Uh, it's pain. Hurt. Like they're, they're going to, yeah. Um, you know, and so... This dovetails, so like, as you're talking about the prodigal son, uh, I just really, perfect love casts out fear. And if you're going to disciple someone or you're going to be discipled, one of the things that uh, if you want to move to deeper levels of, of discipleship, it's where, where are you afraid and where are they afraid? And before you ask, where are they afraid? You have to ask yourself where you're afraid. And so like, even when you look at, the, the problem with the, with the oldest brother isn't that he did the right thing. It's, and we see this very often. Many people do not sin because they're scared to not sin. And if you're not sinning because you're scared, then you, you've missed the entire point. Elaborate. When you talk about, you, you don't understand what life is really about right? Like, what does it mean to live in life and in light with Christ? Uh, you, you, you don't get it. If you're, if you're not moving forward and not, and you're not afraid to make mistakes because you're afraid, like, oh, I, uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue with my parents because that scares me, right? I'm not saying you should argue with your parents. You know, I, uh, there are obviously times for that, but I'm talking about like rebelliousness. Probably better word with it. I, I, I won't rebel. open up and discuss my parents because I want them to know how I really feel. Yes. But if I do, they're going to get angry. Yes. Well, and I, you know, I was thinking like, I'm not going to ask, like we have kids asking, you know, like, like, oh, I don't want to ask questions because, you know, I have thousands of questions. I'm not going to ask them because I'm scared. But even like uh, we look at people who are like, I'm not going to yell at this person, even though I'm angry at them because I'm scared. This is why Jesus addresses all of the Old Testament commandments and says, thou shalt not murder. He's like, thou shalt not be angry. Because there's a lot of people like, thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not lust. And the reason that that matters is because when you look at the uh, Old Testament and you look at the Pharisees, they were like, well, I didn't murder. I didn't commit adultery. And it's like, that's because you're scared. You don't get brownie points for being a coward. You get, uh, you, like, you, you, the absence of sin is not virtue, right? Evil is a, is, is, a, is a corruption of the good. So if you are just not living with virtue, if you're not living with righteousness, which is a positive, vital thing, a life-giving thing, then you, you are the older brother if you are acting in fear. And so as you're dealing with so, somebody so in discipleship. So you do live right, but how do you, why do you live right? Because you're in you, peace. But you're and, not really living right. Yeah. It's right, like, it, it, it looks like it. Yeah. And so that's, that's at the heart of it. And so, you know, uh, people act out in anger, which is a very obvious sin. And they do that because they're afraid. Some people are peacemakers, but they don't, they don't live in truth because they're, they're afraid. afraid. No question. And so that's a, a great way of, that's, that's for me, a very important way of addressing myself of seeing like what are things that i need to like what are things that i'm afraid of that i can bring right because perfect love casts out fear because fear has to do with punishment and that's the that's the big difference we should not be punishing our kids like 
God does not punish us. He disciplines. And the, the idea is always for restoration. And so if you understand that it is for restoration, then you will understand that the discipline is a good thing. That's like, that's what, when, when David says, cleanse my heart and know me, it's like, <laughs> like he knows that's a painful process. Right. Because people, and I've, you and I've heard this, uh, probably one of my favorite things I ever heard is that people say, David taking on Goliath is the bravest thing he ever did. Mm. But uh, I believe I heard someone say Psalm 51, when he prayed that prayer, yeah. that's the bravest thing he did because now he, he opened himself up. He revealed himself to hurt, fear. Yeah. Worry. All the things that are in his heart. Yes. And when you do disciple, you don't want to disciple a person. You're really discipling a heart. Yeah. And who they are. Yeah. And it makes me think a lot of someone who's always been a clear picture of this to me um, has been uh, J.D. Crowley. Okay. And uh, there, there are two things here. One is that he embodied what he, he said. But what he said to me uh, he said the American church has a habit of sending out people who don't fit in their own culture to go reach another. And it's like, what well, we should be sending are people who are really good in their own culture because those kind of people are going to be good in the other culture too. And for, he said, one of the clearest things is if you're going to be a missionary and you're in another culture and you're going to be making cultural blunders and people are not going to understand your culture, you can't have people walking on eggshells around you. And so that idea of the peace and, and the, that sense of abiding too. You know, when you talk about proximity, I, that makes me think of the vine that we abide. And, you know, uh, you think about this and it's so important that we, that we feel at peace around somebody. So if, if someone feels anxious around you, that could be them, them, but it is a good time for self-reflection of like, Am I, bringing, am I bringing more peace to my disciple, this person I'm mentoring, or am I, may, are they trying to avoid me? You know, and obviously you look at like Adam and Eve, like when someone clearly sins, boom, like there's going to be that. Yeah, it's like, all of a sudden they're just, yeah, they're like, huh, I wonder where it's like God, you know, is literally, I think, playing with them in sunset, some sense, like, where'd you guys go? Like he doesn't know, you know? Um, but uh, that, that's been big for me too, you know? Uh, I have an anger problem that I am trying to work on and it's very important to me and I hope I have achieved this, that my kids feel comfortable around me, that they don't like, oh, because that, that's the danger with like, if I, if I allow that to fester, I allow, and I, I know what that fear is. The fear is oh, I'm going to lose my kids. And what's the funny thing? If I allow yours, that yeah. yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. But if I let that fear uh, fester and turn into anger, what will happen? You'll push them away. I, I will lose them. So, um, practically mm. you were talking about daily Christian living yeah. with other believers yeah. in conjunction mm -hmm. to everyday life, just with people, not a program, not, not that Sunday school is wrong because all the catechisms, all the things that are being taught. Yeah. We get to know who God is, yeah. but we're really talking about developing relationships that are deep and infusing our life into others so that they can see who Christ is in us. And if we're really going to be about manhood, mentoring, and maturity, we can mm. get, be, you know, in this scenario with microphones and tell others that if we're not doing it. So let me ask you, mm. 
Who would you consider right now that you're discipling? Oh, I mean, clearly I'm going to start thinking my kids. But and you, I'm going to think and, of wait, 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 Becky wait. Sue. And you should. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, not like, like a, it's not a cop-out answer. Like, no, it is. If I and couldn't say should. my kids, that'd be a problem. Yeah. Right. Um, and then your wife. Yes, absolutely. Right. Like this, she's someone that I am, I should be discipling. Right. And I, you know, that's where we get into, what do you do you on need Mondays? A you need a Timothy, Barnabas and you need a Timothy, right. You need people like right. Becky Sue is your Barnabas disciples me back. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I meet with a men's group on Monday mornings and, um, you know, actually I'm, uh, not the youngest that's, uh, but I'm, I'm like the second youngest out of like and guys, right? And, and and nobody's going here, PJ. We're <laughs> feet, like a little birdie. Open your mouth and I feed me. It's just a constant uh, collection of challenges and mm-hmm. thought processes that make us walk in the spirit. Yeah. For me, obviously the privilege with this, um, and I think this is, uh, we're at a stage now where it's not, I'm doing this. Yeah. I think it's this now. Um, obviously we made the choice to live in this scenario so that I could give a hug. Yesterday I was sitting on the lazy boy and both boys were in my arms and I was tickling them. And some of you wouldn't say that's discipleship. And I would say it's building a relationship to be able to say to them, it's making uh, the deposits so I can maybe at some point make a spiritual withdrawal with those kids. Um, My own wife, I would say obviously Becky. And then for me, my office, and then there's a guy that's jumping on our, our, our team, uh, and the truth is, it is give and take because he's a strong believer, but I'm also showing him the ropes for nation coach. It's been phenomenal. Mm. And the reason I say that is I want to say this to listeners. Who are you discipling? And as David Kelly said, if you're not, drop everything else you're doing and find somebody. I just challenged two men while we were on vacation that I spent time with and one of them has really grabbed hold of it. I think the other one has too, but I really know the one has. And I'm like, I just said, who, who, you guys are in your stage of life where you should be investing in people. Mm. One's retired. Like, um, bless God, I'm not going to retire. I'm going to retread. I've heard that. But here's the truth. I'm just going to be a <laughs> You dis- can slow down. I'm going to yeah. be a disciple of Christ yeah. and disciple others. Yeah. I, I want to just tag on not as a corrective but just an additional thing like yes you can when you tickle those boys and you like give them hugs and stuff like that that allows you to make uh with like rebuke them later on and they know you care um but let's not miss the fact that like when we give good things that's good because those are good things and we should give good things because the father gives good things and that's us acting like the father. When he gives us things like that, that, that love, we feel the love of God. Yeah. And that's actually something, you know, when you talked about the proximity and I want to throw this out because I think it's timely with COVID and everything else. You you talked about proximity. um, And when we talk about, we have a lot of tools that are great for people who can't get proximity, but Virtual is not a replacement. And I think this is a big thing. Yeah, go to church. Go to church. Yes. I think it's really important to under, like uh, the church needs to answer the question, why in person? But I'll give just one example. Uh, I was playing video games with a guy and uh, we had a teammate and uh, our teammate was stupid, was doing really, really dumb things. Um, And this other 
uh, guy I was playing with, I really respect. Uh, and then I saw just one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. Like this, this bad teammate did something that he really should not have and didn't make any sense. And all of a sudden my friend's mic went dead. And I realized (laughs) that (laughs) to save his testimony, (laughs) he had muted his mic. (laughs) And here's the truth. There is so much, and we're just beginning to understand this. There is so much editing and filtering that we can do and virtual that you cannot do. When you talk about transparency, when you talk about openness, when you talk about repentance, a lot of this stuff can be hidden behind cameras. Go to church. (laughs) The truth is people need to see us when we're vulnerable and be transparent. That's all part of discipleship. And you mm. saying, I'm, I'm not walking in the spirit, I'm in the flesh, forgive mm. me, is a great tool for discipleship. Yeah, absolutely. Go to church. Yeah, appreciate it, Dad. All right, love you, man. Thank love you. you. Bye-bye. Bye.